today on the Scott Thompson Show on 900 CHML. This is a fascinating discussion because we've talked so many times about climate change and 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 um, best ways to go about this and, and, and how do we do our part? How do we not get sucked into schemes that, that are just tax revenue, uh, revenue generators rather for government? How do we make sure that what we're doing actually has an impact? Uh, how do we reduce? How, how, there's just so many, so many questions in around all of this. And depending on who you are, who you ask, you might get different different imp- interpretations of such. Uh, this is uh, this was surprising to me. Uh, there are groups of people out there that believe that not having kids will be the best way to reduce our carbon footprint. I'm going to read you the first paragraph from this Canadian uh, press article. Uh, when Roy Sassano told his parents he was getting sterilized a few years ago to reduce his carbon footprint, he said they weren't surprised. After all, he had already taken other steps to fight climate change, becoming a vegan, uh, virtually eliminating single-use plastics and reducing uh, consumption as much as uh, practicable, uh, practical. Uh, I think there was a brief moment of disappointment, but, they just, but then they just laughed it off. He said, who lives, uh, the 39-year-old who lives in Vancouver, I know quite a few people, especially men, who have chosen to get sterilized, and I know women who have done the same. Uh, they are part of the voluntary human extinction movement uh, that believes in, uh, in refraining from reproduction. Um, why should we be creating more people to create more suffering for ourselves and uh, the rest of the planet, which seems to be an extremely strong, uh, strong stance for any of this? Uh, because in the end, the whole idea was of saving the planet was to do so for our kids. Let's bring in Alistair Curry, head of campaigns and communication for Population Matters and is with us now. Alistair, thanks so much for the time. Much appreciated. No problem, Scott. Pleasure to be on the call. And tell, talk to us about Population Matters. What is that? Uh, well, Population Matters, we're a UK-based charity, but we actually have a, a, a global reach, including plenty of people visiting our website from Canada. And our position is that we can't solve our major environmental problems that we're facing when we keep adding more people to our population. Our, um, our patron is the uh, naturalist and broadcaster, Sir David Attenborough, and he puts it really well. He says, all environmental problems become easier to solve with fewer people and harder and ultimately impossible to solve with ever more people. And climate change is certainly right up there amongst those problems. Does this apply to all parts of the world or certain parts of the world? Well, I think we're, we're, you know, we all know that there are certain parts of the world that make a much greater contribution to climate change at the moment than elsewhere. So, for example, uh, in the UK, where I am, and forgive me for not having looked up the Canadian figures before, before speaking to you, but we produce about 65 times the amount of carbon per person as someone in Niger in sub-Saharan Africa. So if you want to look at that another way, if one person in the UK isn't born, that's better for the climate change than 65 people you know, not being born in, in Niger. So certainly when we think about, you know, all our behaviors that, that, that impact on, uh, on carbon emissions, the disproportionate, um, you know, effect is from people within the, within the rich world, within the developed world. But that doesn't mean to say that it doesn't matter what, what's happening elsewhere, because, of course, someone born in Niger or a poor country today, we, we hope they were going to be alive for, you know, 80 years and that they will become more affluent, which means that they will have a bigger carbon footprint in time. So it's a problem yeah. everywhere. But in the short term, it's certainly a greater 
problem and there's a much greater responsibility on, on people like us who live in the developed world. Uh, this seems uh, this seems pretty drastic. To some, it may seem drastic. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, it, you know, uh, our, our government right now is running a campaign. Um, pollution, uh, there's a cost of pollution, pollution costs. Uh, is the cost no kids? Well, we don't, I mean, you, you quoted from the voluntary human extinction movement earlier on, and, um, you know, if people choose not to have kids, then, then that's fine if that's, the right, yeah. if that's the right choice for them. But that's not something that, that we advocate. We simply say, if you reduce, you know, the, the, basically carbon emissions are driven by carbon emitters. Of course we can and we should change our behaviors, but the more carbon emitters we put on the planet, the greater our emissions are, are going to be. So if you reduce, if you have a small family, then you're making, a, you're, making, uh, you're making a contribution in that way. So certainly some people are making that choice to be child-free. Um, and if that's right for them, then that's great. But it's not about saying we want the human race to be wiped out. What we want to do is protect the future of the generations being born just now. I have a, an eight-year-old son, and I want to see, I want to ensure that, you know, he is not growing, growing up and facing his adulthood or old age in a, in a, on a planet that's, that's heated by two degrees. So it's about thinking about the future for kids, uh, not saying there shouldn't be a human being, there uh, shouldn't be a future for human beings. Uh, and so are you suggesting that without curbing overpopulation, there is nothing physically we can do to, to, to stop climate change? No, absolutely. There are, there are a huge number of things we can, uh, we can do and we should be doing. And we, right. I think we, you know, we, we know what they are. They're things like changing our diets. They're things like ending fossil fuel use. But there was a piece of research that was done uh, a couple of years ago called Project Drawdown, where they looked at the, the different available policy mechanisms. This isn't something like some technology that's going to appear in the future. And they asked, what is the most efficient what provides the best value in bringing down carbon emissions? And it's just things like, you know, transferring to electric vehicles, that kind of thing, wind power. And they rated on that two, two things. Girls' education and family planning were, were out of 80 things they looked at, numbers seven and eight. And in fact, combined those two things would save more carbon than, than onshore and offshore wind power combined. And that's because those two things reduce family size and reduce population. And I think that's a really important message. Actually, the way you bring population down is empowering women, lifting people out of poverty, making sure people have got, you know, um, have got access to good family planning, providing education, and, and encouraging people to have smaller families. And I think when people understand the benefits of that, to their children in, in particular and the generations that, that follow, people are willing to do that and they are changing. Uh, I, I know with Canada, uh, we have an issue that we're not populating enough, that, the, you know, the families are getting smaller. Is there an overpopulation problem in the sense that families are getting bigger? Because I would think in North America anyway, uh, generally, you know, compared to 10, 20, 30, 40 years ago, they're getting smaller. Families that had four kids were, th were having three and then two and then one and such. So are, are families getting that much bigger are they getting bigger i would say they would getting they're trending smaller no no you're you're absolutely right and you know families are getting are getting smaller 
um, and, that, and that applies across most of the world. The, the, the issue is that if your family is getting smaller, but you've got more people having families, that's going to keep driving population up, and that's what's happening. At the moment, most population growth is being driven by sub-Saharan Africa, where you know the, 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 the average age of people in sub-Saharan Africa is 19. Yeah. Now, these are people who are just moving into their you know, child, child-bearing years, so they're driving a, a lot of that population growth. In the rich world, it's absolutely, absolutely true. Our, our, um, you know, our family sizes are much smaller, but it's not a question of whether we're growing or what our family sizes are as such. It's, well, what's the effect that we're having? And right now, you can certainly say we're, over, uh, we're overpopulated when you look at the emissions, when you look at the impact on biodiversity, all these kinds of things. So getting, getting that and minimizing the amount of us who are making this big impact on the planet right now, when, as you know, it's critical that we take action now. The IPCC has said we've got 12 years to get, to get you know, carbon emissions under control. So, you know, that's one of the things that we need to do. Of course, there are others, but it's one of the things that we really need to think about. How much interest do you think there is in this? Do you think that it's going to extremes? Do you think people will interpret it as that? I, I think certainly people, you know, I, I, again, speaking, speaking as, as a parent, I'm very glad I'm a parent, and for me it's a thing I always wanted to be and yeah. so we shouldn't articulate it as being well you know just stop it just stop having kids but i think also speaking of, uh, you know as a parent once you are once you are a parent then the decision about having further kids you know it's it, it's it, it, you know there's lots of factors that go into that and, and i would think that most of the time it's financial uh you know it's just it's expensive yeah. people are waiting later to have kids uh more women educated and such um, but at the end of the day, do you think people will, when they're planning their family, young couples will say, um, you know what, we're only going to have one, not for those reasons, but because we want to save the environment? Well, I, I, I think, you know, there's, as, you, as you identified, there's a multitude of factors that feed into that decision that people make. But I think that's definitely going to be one of those factors in the future. I think people... You know, in particular, people who are having kids are thinking about that future, and they're thinking about uh, about w- w- what's going to happen. So it makes sense that it's a it's a choice. Of course, it feels like a very personal choice. It's been a very personal choice for a long time. But the choices that we make, you know, we now know they affect they affect other people. They affect the future of uh, of people being born now. And I think there are plenty of people. And you know, the fact that we're talking about this just now. Is, is evidence of that. It's a thing that people need to look into, they need to think about. But you know, there was some, some research uh, done uh, a little while ago that showed that having one fewer child is more effective than any other step that, that you can take, whether it's giving up transatlantic flights, changing your diet. Now, that doesn't mean you shouldn't do those other things as well, but I think when people are thinking about you know, the, the future about sustainability, about the issues like climate change, for those people who have yet to make a decision about, right. about you know, the kids they're having, that, that's certainly something that should be, and I think it increasingly is in their, in their thinking. Alistair, do you think that people are consciously not having kids because of the environment, or do you think that they are people who, because of some of those other factors, have decided not to have kids, and this is just more justification for them? I, I, you know, I, I would have a tendency to believe that than I would. There's a couple sitting down there that have one child that are sitting down and have one child and desperately want another one and thinking, well, we're not going to have the second one because of the environment. Are, are people uh, I, really making that decision? 
I mean, there is, there, there's a movement in, in the UK and, and elsewhere called Birth Strike, and actually you, you, can, you can look it up on, uh, on YouTube. There's interviews with, with um, some women who are involved in Birth Strike, and they are absolutely clear that they are, they are maternal. They want to have kids. But one of the things that's driving them is a concern about what kind of life their, ki- you know, their kids might grow into. We know how dangerous things could be in the future if we don't get climate change uh, uh, under control, the kind of future that kids are being born into. Let me ask you this, Alistair, though. Do you think that people have not been saying this for generations? You know, I can think of, I'm a guy in my 50s, and I can think of the old, old, uh, stereotypical uh, American comedy series called All in the Family. And the young couple, and this was during the 70s, during the height of the Vietnam War chatter and, 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 and movements and such, civil rights movements and such. And I remember in this comedic, uh, television show from the 19, early 19, mid-1970s, the couple having a discussion that the world was so bad, do we really want to bring kids into it? And this sort of seems like the same discussion. And is this not something if we had said way back when we wouldn't be where we are now? I mean, is does not every generation have these sorts of issues? And one of the reasons we procreate is because the next generation may have the brains for the solution. You know, I mean, people have been have been saying that you know for, for a long time. But I think it's really important that we understand that that we really are in a crisis just now. You look at biodiversity loss; it's terrifying. Forty percent of insect species, you know, endangered. They're tiny little animals that make a huge difference. Sixty percent of wildlife populations having gone down. Then you look at climate change and the effect. I mean, I don't, I don't know what your winter or spring has been like so far in Canada, but ours has been pretty crazy in the UK, and it has been like, like that for a while. These changes are really happening just now, and we can't continue with the old mindset, well, things have sorted themselves out in the, in the past. You know, we, we have to change the way that we approach things. And on that, you know, that, that question uh, about, of, co- you know, of course we want to bring people into the world. I, you know, I, I've done so my, myself, and it's always an optimistic act, really, when you choose to become a parent because you're thinking about the future. But, you know, the, the reality is if 7.7 billion of us aren't smart enough to fix our problems by now, adding, adding an, you know, another, another few hundred million is not going to solve them. Yeah. We've got to look right. at, we got, can't hope for some solution in the future. We've got the solutions right now. We've got the tools to reduce our population. We've got the tools to change the, uh, the way that we behave, and we should be using them. They're all things that benefit people, like I was saying, family planning, reducing poverty, education, empowering women. These are all positive things that we can and should be doing just now. Do you think people will compare this to the old days of China when it was, you know, one child, that's it, we're moving on? I mean, in... in I, uh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I mean, people do. When you talk about populations, one of the first things that, 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 that comes to you, but we're not talking about obliging people to do, to do things. We're talking about empowering them, giving them the information, giving them the opportunity. Anyone who isn't free to choose their family size right. certainly you know, must, ha- must have that. We're not talking about forcing people to do things, but we're talking about choices. There are, there are, there are, you know, there are many things perhaps that, that government should be forcing uh, you know, changes in to, in to do with fossil fuel use or you know, other things like that. But you don't have to and you shouldn't be abusing people's human rights in order to achieve these changes. It's about choice. People are making that choice. People are getting that, those opportunities. You know, in our view, it is an urgent choice. People should be, ma- should be making that choice and thinking about their family size 
you know, now uh, and immediately. But it's not about coercing people. We don't need to do it. People uh, are, are understanding the issues and making those choices. Um, uh, one researcher out of, uh, out of Texas here, Catherine uh, Hado, an atmospheric scientist and professor of political science, Texas uh, Tech University, said individual decision, decisions matter in the fight against climate change as much as collective action on things like carbon pricing, carbon pricing and the Paris Agreement. But while each additional child adds more carbon, she said children are also tied to a sense of hope and the solution. Well, that's that's uh, I, I largely agree with that. You know, I, as I say, you know, being being a parent and having children is is always a forward-looking, optimistic thing to do. But I think we also have to be realistic here, and we have to accept that the the, the, the choice to have children, the choice to bring essentially more carbon emitters on the planet, makes a difference. And that and that one of the differences we can we can make is to say, you know. Uh, uh, I'm going to limit myself to a, to, a, to a small family, or I'm going to choose to have a small family, or indeed to have no family at all. You know, there is anyone who feels pressure that they, you know, that they should be having having children when they're not sure about it. The the choice to be child-free, actually, the people who benefit most from that are other people's kids. No, I'm just so, I'm just so, wondering if people that are deciding, you know, and, and then don't. I mean, if you uh, you know, if you don't want to have kids, and you've decided that you and your partner are this is the life that you're going to leave. I I, I yeah. certainly have nothing against that. Everybody's choose to, chose to do what they you know chooses to do what they wish. That being said. I'm still having a hard time believing that someone is actually saying I'm not going to have kids or I'm only going to have one, not for financial reasons, not for this, not because I'm older in life, not because of whatever, but because I want to save the environment. Sure. Is that I mean, accurate? You know, I, yeah, I, I mean, I speak to people who've made, who've made that decision as part of my job. I'm not saying... It's a thing and I guess my question to you but, is, Alistair, have those people really made that commitment that decision because of environmental issues or does it just go on to you know well I, you know and i really didn't want to have them anyway i got this reason i got other reasons i got other things i want to accomplish in life and that just goes on the list of reasons by the way it also helps save the planet for the rest of you i i, I think you're right as, as we're talking before you know people there are multiple things that go into people's choices there and i think that's one of them and certainly as i say you know i know people personally because of my job who are very clear that it's yeah. an environment the environmental decision was that was the key driver for them but of course you know there are there are some you know, I, I what about at the end of the day all of these people that have given up the joy of having a kid or more than one kid and then at the end of it all they're no better off anyway I mean, all they've done is lost the joy of having a kid. I mean, if they didn't want uh, one, I get it. But if they've made this tremendous sacrifice that every human being deserves just to save the planet, and it really didn't make that much of a difference. Well, I think, you know, as a person you quoted earlier right. on. Yeah, absolutely. It does make it's a personal decision. choices do make a difference. But yeah. again, we're not talking about, you know, we're not saying everyone shouldn't have kids. We're right. saying if you, if you feel parental then by all means have you know have kids or, yeah. or, or or have a kid you don't have to deny yourself that if that's what you want but but thinking about the size of family that you have about and the future that those kids are going to have you know is is important i think it is yeah things have changed it used to be i mean you'll know i'm around about your your age there just used to be an assumption that you know you got to a certain age you got married you had kids and yeah. you just went on and one of the things that's you know Millennials get a lot of stick, but they, they're not assuming that you should do those things anymore. And they are thinking more consciously than I think my generation, our generation, 
did about 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 those like those life choices and making making more positive choices in many ways. Fascinating discussion. Alistair Curry has been with us, head of campaigns and communications, population matters. There are groups of uh, matters, rather, population matters, uh, groups of people who are believing not having kids is the best way to reduce the carbon footprint. Alistair, thanks so much for the time and insight. Much appreciated. It was a pleasure. Thanks very much, Scott. The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon to 3 on 900 CHML.